Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to He's Not Done Yet. We're so delighted that you're tuning in today. We're excited to have you here today, and we've got a very special guest today, so we're real excited about that. Uh, but you know, He's Not Done Yet is uh, a radio ministry that goes out, uh, actually it goes out on four different radio stations, uh, 100.9, 95.3, and 1530 AM, and then also 99 Point five Faith Talk, and the, the other three were Victory Radio Stations, and uh, so it goes out there, and then it's also on Google, uh, it's on all the podcasts, you know, the uh, Google podcast, and uh, it's also on YouTube, and we'd love for you to go to our website, it's he's not done yet.com he's not done yet.com and we're just so honored you're here today, and today's scripture comes from Luke 9 and 23 and 24, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I just thank you today, God. It's such an honor to be here, Lord. I I feel you touching me today, God. I'm just so thankful for today, Lord. And I just pray that it fall on good ground, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, I'm so excited today. I got a very special guest. But first, don't touch that dial. Stay with us, okay? Because after the music, you know, I want you to to uh, stay and listen to one of my very best friends uh, come in and um, uh, share what he has for us today. Good morning. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Come on. Anybody know that we've come this far by faith? Come on. Do me a favor and put those hands together all over this house.
Jesus completely saves. See, He will lift you by His love out of the air. Thankful for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
the name of the Lord today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes.
And today's guest is uh, Brother Brother Herndon and uh, Brother Matthew Herndon. It's Matthew, right, man? I go Matthew, by Matt, Matt, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew. Okay, yep. brother. Well, depends on your brother level of Herndon, aggravation. And uh, we're so excited that he's here today. And uh, brother, come in, obey the Holy Ghost, and share what's on your heart today. Absolutely. Well, hey, I am humbled to be here. You know, it's one thing to be asked the first time. It's a second thing to be asked back. So that's mm. <laughs> that's a vote of confidence in my book. So I really appreciate this opportunity. And, you know, Billy McDougal, this guy is a legend in my mind, um, a hero, I think, walking among us. Uh, I've watched him come from absolutely nothing to unbelievably extremely blessed and it, it's it's fun, you know. I, I call myself a, a, I'm in the Billy McDougal fan club. So it's uh it's been amazing watching him grow, watching him be blessed, and having the vision for this this podcast that's also going out on radio, touching thousands of lives every week. You know, I I, I enjoy watching people with vision, and he's definitely one of those that has it. So, brother McDougal, I appreciate everything that you're doing, and I thank you for allowing me to come back. But, uh, you know, when he, he first talked to me a couple weeks ago about visiting this again and coming back, I started obviously wondering, you know, what on earth do I have to offer? Because I am, I'm not a preacher. Uh, I don't really consider myself a teacher. I, I joke that I'm really just a pew warmer, but I, I'd like to have my hands in everything I possibly can at the church. And if something's going on at the church, you'll usually see me there in some form or fashion, just because I know without a doubt that's the that is the source of blessings that in my life. Um, I have come previously and told my testimony, how the Lord got a hold of me, got me in the church. Go back and listen to it. Hopefully it'll bless somebody. But one thing that really started sticking with me is so often in life, um, whether we're just talking about in the real world, in the church, in life in general, we have goals. We have ambitions. I, I believe every living person has a drive of some sort. You know, whether it's a God-given thought of something you want to do, something that you want to have, you want to see, or it's just you know starting a business. It could be a little bit of everything. But you have, I believe that every person listening has a dream. You have a goal. You have a burden for something. Uh, and if you are in line with biblical teaching, and you have your pastoral's blessing, pastor's blessing and the pastoral authority over you has authorized it, the next question is, what are you waiting on? So often we just sit here and we think, you know, one day, someday, you know, I'm going uh, to do whatever that may be. But in order to cultivate and develop this, we also have to know what hinders it and what totally kills our our drive and our ambition. And so what what is that that is really the thief of our our ambition and our drive in the in the natural in the spiritual, you know, I'm a big proponent if you are ever been to the first Pentecostal church, you'll hear the term a lot of how the spiritual connects to the natural. And so oftentimes we'll do things in the spiritual that God will bless in the natural. And, and they're obviously linked together hand in hand. You can't just separate these at all. Amen. Um, and so often we've got these ideas, we've got these goals, things we want to do. Um, and you know, it might be 
starting a business. But this isn't just starting a business. It might be going to teach a Bible study. Anything that you just you want to do, but you just kind of sit stagnant. So why is it that we so often sit stagnant and do nothing? Um, as I mentioned before, I genuinely believe every human on earth has a desire to be better in some way and, and to do better. And most of us really want to exceed and succeed and that we want to excel in, in what we're doing. And so we just got to ask, why is it so challenging sometimes just to get up and get started? And so I'm going to kind of share with you some of my thoughts on the thieves of ambition. And uh, thieves is plural because I, there are really three of them that I found. And I call these my three P's in a pod. And, and you're going to see, see why here in a second. But the first thief of ambition and drive and goals is procrastination. And boy, let me, let me before we get too far into this, I am not standing here on this mountaintop telling you I have succeeded, I've accomplished it, I've conquered it. Look at me because I am, uh, I'm, I've, I've just reached the top, not by any stretch. I really see myself as I've got my climbing boots on, I'm halfway up the mountain, but I'm saying, hey, I think I found a path. I think I found a way. Let's go. Let's take this and let's conquer this together. And so I don't stand here as somebody who um, never has procrastination because the Lord knows I am the chief among you. Uh, you know, just a little bit of transparency here. I am actually, uh, I've got my undergrad in entrepreneurship and business management, and I'm currently working on my MBA. Uh, and this semester, I have an accounting class with a huge paper due tomorrow night. And I, <laughs> I am procrastinating on it. So, like I said, I don't stand here telling you uh, all the ways I've conquered it because I'm right here in the middle. But procrastination is absolutely a thief of ambition. And, you know, how often in life have you had a great idea just fade away? You know, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be a business. You know, could this be a, a, an exercise plan? We've got New Year's resolutions around the, around the corner. Uh, could this be giving a Bible study or any other way to just to, to go out there and do something. But what I, what I say today, I really hope that what you hear sparks something in you that'll catch fire. My hope and my prayer is that that small spark that, that's lit, it grows into a flame. That flame catches fire, and before too long, you just got a raging fire of, of ambition. You've got a raging fire of, of motivation where you want to get up and you want to move and you want to act on your idea. But here's the pain and the, the problem with procrastination. If you don't take advantage while that fire and the intensity of it in that moment, then just... Picture the largest bonfire you can. And I'm just using the illustration of a fire. But just the largest, biggest campfire, bonfire you can think of. If nobody ever sits there and puts fuel on that fire, they don't add the wood, they don't do something to keep that burning, that gigantic fire is going to slowly fade. It's going to dim. It's going to smolder out. And then it'll be nothing but ashes. And you're left with just cold, dry ashes. And so I have, I've got a feeling that 
you listening right now, you know exactly how procrastination has turned an idea, a dream, or a goal from a raging fire to simple ashes. You know, I'm reminded of a, a scripture. It's Proverbs 13 and 4. And I, I'm given the, most of the scriptures I'm going to read are the English Standard Version. That's my, that's my preference on reading. So that's where I'm giving you. And it says, the soul of the sluggard craves. The Bible says, the soul of the sluggard. That's the person who just lackadaisical. They're lazy. They're not going to get out and do much. But everybody, like I said, they crave. They want more. They want better. But it says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So we've got it right here in the Bible, black and white. That's Proverbs 13 and 4. If you are a diligent, you get out there, you will be richly supplied. And so today you feel this sense of drive. God's maybe placed something on your heart. You feel that urgency. I implore you, act today. Uh, One of my heroes of personal development is a gentleman by the name of Jim Rohn. Brother McDougal, have you heard... Jim Rohn very oh, much. Oh man, I love Jim. <laughs> yes. Sir, when I was brother. I was a teenager, thank God, Ooh. somebody had the sense to put this guy in front of me. And when I say Rohn, it's R O H N. Look him up. You will not be disappointed. But Jim Rohn just really set the gold standard on Ooh. how to take life by the by the reins and how to ride it. Uh, but one thing he talks about is the law of diminishing intent. And, and with this procrastination, what it's saying is today you are at 100% drive. You're going to get up. You've got full, full motivation, full ambition, full everything. You're at 100%. The longer you wait, the less that intent becomes. Tomorrow, or today you're at 100%. Tomorrow you're going to be at 98. The next day you're going to be at 92. After that, it starts to drop 80, 80%, 60%. So what I'm saying is the longer that you sit on this idea, the less likely that you're ever actually going to do it. The less likely that you're ever going to take that, that first step. And so what we have to do is we have to go from one day I'm going to. One day I am, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You've got to go from one day and flip that and make it become day one. Today is day one. Today is the day I'm going to start. Tomorrow's day two, day three. And what happens is you'll look back in a month, six months, a year, and say, thank God I made that initial step. And so far too often, procrastination is one of the biggest killers of ambition and the thief of ambition. But as you see here, you've just got to turn that one day into a day one. The second P in my uh, pod here is perfectionism. And it hurts me to say that. Because I am one of the biggest perfectionists. Well, let me back up. I am. I consider myself a recovering perfectionist. Uh, and you know, the, the challenge is we often wear perfectionism as kind of like a badge of pride. I'm a perfectionist. I, I don't put anything out unless it's perfect, unless it is just absolute 100%. But that becomes so crippling because... If it's not perfect or it's not exactly how you have it in mind, you don't put it out there. You don't make that effort. You don't push that content. And so that just becomes 
really just uh, crippling is the best word for it, where you know you can, but you don't. And so how do we overcome perfectionism? Uh, there is a, a thought, it's, this isn't mine, I can't take the credit for it, but it's called a taste gap. And what that is, is when you go to start something, you hopefully have really high tastes. You know what you want. You know what you're looking for. You know what you have in mind. But your tastes are way up high, but when you've put out that first time, your abilities are substantially lower. And you want that gap. You want that gap of your expectations and your reality. Because the very first time you ever do something, if you look at it and you say, hey, that's good enough, that's great, that's how it is, that means you don't really have that great a taste. You know, I've worked with people in a very short time frame who, when looking at something, they'd slap it up, they'd, they'd use the term, that's good enough, let's keep going. And I didn't work with them very long, just because would, it would crawl all over me, that, that perfectionism in me. Um, but with that taste gap, you want that gap there. Because what's going to happen is you will never close the gap from your taste to the reality until you actually start pumping out content, until you start putting that out there, you start putting your shoulder to the plow. And what you'll notice is the more you do it, the higher your reality becomes to where eventually you close that gap. And you will say six months, a year later, you know what, this is, this is what I had in mind. This is what I, I wanted to do. But my hope is you continue to push that bar a little higher. You're always setting that expectation a little higher. So that we always, always really just push for more. But, you know, in the process, you've got to expect it's going to be rough. It's going to be bumpy. What you're doing is not going to be exactly how you want it to be, but be patient. You know, I'm thinking about Bible studies. Who's given the very first Bible study and they said, man, that was a grand slam home run. I did exactly what I hoped it would. I said exactly what I wanted to say. I hope nobody says that. But I hope you realize that God blesses that effort. A lot of times he blesses that raw effort where we don't really have, it's not refined, it's not perfected, but it's just raw effort where you get out there and you say, you know what, God's going to make up the difference. That's where those, the true, true blessings come in. Here's a good scripture on this. And I think this is a good scripture for the whole idea of we have to be perfection. We have to show the face of no no issues, no pain. There's nothing going on in our lives that, you know, uh, just putting up a barrier there almost. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. You hear that? I'm going to boast of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so when we realize that we can be vulnerable, we can, you know, show a real face. We don't have to put out nonstop perfection because God's going to make that difference. In our weaknesses, we are made strong. The third P in this pod, um, it's a big one. I think 
There are so many scriptures about this one, and it's pride. Pride has kept so many people from blessings. Pride has kept many souls from heaven. You know, pride has kept people from walking down to the altar, walking, admitting that they they need something, they need God. Pride is one of the, I don't know, it's one of the, the hardest things for the human nature to overcome, I think. But we can. Yeah. And so the, the third P, you know, and there's a, a really good book. It's called Ego is the Enemy. I recommend this one by a gentleman by the name of Ryan Holiday. Really dives into what pride is and how, how much it hinders our life in every aspect of it. Um, and, you know, I've seen this myself firsthand, uh, just a true story here. I mentioned earlier, I've got a bachelor's in entrepreneurship. I went to college for this. I, I enjoy business plans. I enjoy the idea of, of starting things, startups. All, I, I, I prefer, uh, I, I, what they say, eat this stuff for breakfast almost. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of it. And so with that, I've always had this idea of starting something, but not something small, something that would scale, that would grow big, you know, something nobody else had ever done. And I wasted entirely too much time looking for something new that would that would elevate me, probably, in all reality. Just like I said, being vulnerable here. I, I, I looked too long on starting something that would just be amazing. It'd be wow factor. And there is a, a business model in our church of developing raw land that many guys in our, our church have done, and they've all are extremely kind at helping you get started, helping share this. And many times I was approached by, you know, why don't you get in the land business? And I would always just push that off. No, that's, I can't do that. So many others have. And if you start listening, un, you hear this underlying pride. I can't do that because all these others. I want to do something new, something exciting, something huge that'll scale. And I, I rocked along and wasted probably close to a good 10 years of my life doing this. Now, the Lord's blessed us tremendously. God has been extremely good to me, my, my family, our finances. He has blessed us way more than I deserve. But about two years ago, I said, you know what? I'm sick of just running around in circles trying to reinvent a wheel here. Why don't I just give this land business a try? And really quickly found a deal and ended up being, I was scared to death. My knees were knocking. I had no idea what I was doing, uh, afraid that I was going to completely strike out here on my first deal. Uh, and the Lord blessed, and that one, instead of striking out, it turned into a home run. And it we have been full speed ahead ever since. And this has just been a an unbelievable blessing to my family and in return, hopefully, to the kingdom of God. And I finally just realized I had to swallow that pride. I had to get over what... I had to get over myself, really. But by doing that, that allowed God to bless me, and in return, I could bless the kingdom. Proverbs 11 and 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. You know, this reminds me of uh, these next two scriptures are two of my favorite. And I know you can quote this one, Brother McDougal. This is King James. It's 1 Kings 4.29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding 
exceeding much. And I can't say that without stretching out. Exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. And so we see in Proverbs, but with the humble is wisdom. If we humble ourselves, God will give us wisdom. We see in 1 Kings 4 and 29, he did this for Solomon. And what I love is God is no respecter of persons. So if he gave Solomon wisdom and understanding and largeness of heart, he could do that exact same thing for me if we stay humble. And you know, how you got to ask yourself, how can we really truly have pride when you realize everything we've got has come from God? You know, I've been blessed with an amazing business, a career, a beautiful family. God's blessed us with a wonderful home, vehicles. I can humbly say I am living a very blessed life. But you've got to realize every bit of that came from God. He's given us 100% of that. And so you start to take away that pride factor when you realize, hey, this is God. God's given this to us. And this one scripture right here has probably been one of my top two or three scriptures since I was a teenager. I just clung to this and absolutely loved it. It's Deuteronomy 32, verses 10 through 13. He found... He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. God found me. Say your name. God found Billy. Billy, Matt. God found you in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. But here's what I love. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Well, that's a, that's a sermon within itself. The Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God. There was no little G's as we term, term that. There was no strange God with him. But here's the last scripture. God made him. God made me. God made you. That's right. Ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields and he made him suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. And I started looking at what's a flinty rock? It's essentially chalk. If you're old enough to remember the old-fashioned chalkboards, you know how dry they were. But the Bible says God made him have find oil, find moisture, find sustenance out of where there's not supposed to be anything. So he provided every bit of that. And so when you realize that this isn't about me, this isn't about my pride, my goals, my personal ambitions, it doesn't matter what comes in life, what storms you face. Because, you know, it says, the Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. It's going to storm on every one of us. Right. Brother McDougal, I'm sitting in your office just a few months ago. It stormed on you guys right here. Yes, sir. Tornado came yeah, right March, over you. Yeah, March the 31st. March 31st. You're one of the absolute best men I know, and I say that honestly. 
and you saw the storm. <laughs> you, you saw what happened to it. It happens to everybody. But you know what happens, what God can do? He can make it when these dark, scary storm clouds come, when the wind starts blowing, when the rain starts slapping you across the face. He can make it to where you ride on top of your storm clouds, where you take your problem and you ride your problem. You don't let it ride you. You don't let it bear on your shoulders. You can take it where you can bust through those storm clouds and God will make it where you can ride your problems and you not let them ride you. God has the ability to just, hey, you know what? We might be going through something crazy right now, but I've got a peace that passeth all understanding. I've got strength that uh, it's a God-given strength that he gives us. And so with these three Ps, we've got procrastination, We've got perfectionism, and we've got pride. You know, I see a lot of that just wrapped up in fear. Fear of stepping out. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. What would happen? But with God, we don't have to worry about any of that. If we are following His plan and His will, good things happen to those. Good things happen to those that love Him. God will absolutely keep us and protect us and so we, we can't allow procrastination, perfectionism, and pride to get in the way of our goals, our dreams, and ultimately our blessings because God is the, the source of everything that comes through us. So that's what I have right now for you. Uh, I pray that this has helped somebody. I pray that in the will of God you step out. Step out of your comfort zone. Give that Bible study. Reach that person. Make that call. Invite that person to church. Because if he's placed this on your heart, like I said, if it's, if it's in line with biblical teachings, God will bless it. I don't doubt that for two seconds. So step out and see and watch him perform. Hallelujah. Brother, thank you so much, Brother Hernan. Hadn't you been blessed? I'm telling you, you need to step out. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that, brother. We appreciate that so much. I know you've blessed me, brother. I know that uh, procrastination, you know, everybody's in charge of that nation, and it's called procrastination. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, and so many people want to have it all lined up and it all be just right. And, you know, from my experience, it's never happened that way. You'll never have it all the way lined up all the way to the end. It, it just, uh, you know, it, it's going to require you to step out like Peter did out of that boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, brother, thank you so much, brother. I know it's, it's going to encourage somebody. Uh, we just want to invite our pastor to come in, and he's going to sing a song, and it's called Worth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So I could be
worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So 